This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi everyone, Robbo here. You're listening to the Blues Focus podcast. Keep right on. So, hello and welcome back to the Blues Focus podcast with me, Tommy Kelsall and Dan. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Hi there, guys. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, we're recording this on the Thursday, so uh, if there's something that's come out about the Blues in the meantime, then we probably have missed it because it's just like new stuff coming out all the time. But we've got a pretty um, chilled back episode this week because... Um, it is very hot today for some reason. I don't know why. There's been a bit of a heat wave coming on. Uh, I don't know what temperature it is up here. It's 31 degrees. It was the. It was probably hotter than it was when we were in Portugal, actually. Wow. Um, <laughs> but there's only a couple of things to talk about this week, but we thought we'd keep you up to date on it. So the Norwich game in the Tuesday night game, was it, Dan? I think it was Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesday night, night yeah. Um, we played against Norwich in the Cup, uh, first round of the Cup. Uh, it was a defeat, but we came back into it. We had a pretty good, decent game. So um, I, I don't think you could have watched it, Dan. I don't think any of us had it. No, with. no, there was no uh, one of those illegal streams anywhere, unfortunately. But there was. They played all the goals in Sky Sports, though. So mm. um, it, was, it, yeah, it looked, looked like we had a decent, decent second half, to be fair. And uh, Leco popping up with a fantastic goal. Yeah, I'm surprised that he was like. So direct with that, it was it was nice to see for once. Yeah, it was just sort of the yeah, was... sort of the striker that we all thought that he could be, really. Yeah, didn't didn't uh, I, I mean a lot of those situations under Karanka. I mean, he probably would have just turned around and passed it sideways mm. or backwards. But it was good to see some intent and some. He looks like he's willing to prove himself to the new manager, and that's what happens when you you get in the new Agafra. And, and I know that Blues seems to do it every year now, but it offers a new opportunity for people like Co- like Cosgrove as well. Yeah. Um, to prove themselves again and it doesn't matter what they've done in the past it matters what they do now mm. and uh, Lecco certainly proved on Tuesday that he's still got something about him and he can offer something which yeah. you hope for for a million pounds wouldn't you? Yeah absolutely <laughs> or, just, yeah. or just under that or whatever it is yeah. yeah I think it was about yeah it was roughly around a million I can't remember now it was a bit of a weird transfer window that was under Karanka but um, yeah. that goal for him, that his goal against Norwich is it the best best goal we've seen this season so far? Oh, I'd say this season for sure. Um, the, the three what goals do you mean for Blues season. or in the whole league? 
Oh, no, yeah, no, yeah, for, for the blues. ones we've seen for Blues, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, definitely for Blues. Um, I mean, Plachetta's goal was quite nice, but I think that's that solo run. And it actually reminds me of uh, a goal scored by Callum O'Dowda against Norwich um, set in the same ground a few years ago. He he sort of got the ball on the halfway line and ran through the whole team and put it in the same corner. So mm. it was very uncanny for me. But it was, yeah, it was a great, great, great run, great finish. And hopefully there's more to come from him uh, this season. Yeah, absolutely. We're in need of um, some attacking threat this season, really. Um, Scott Hogan and Zini have... Um, they've not looked poor, but they've looked a bit maybe out of their depth at times, perhaps. You know, they don't yeah. look quite as up to it or quite fit enough for the Championship, especially when they're both... Are they both in their 30s? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Hogan might have just turned in there. Yeah, yeah. I think so, yeah. They've both got goals in them, but it's just whether they've got oh, that yeah. ability to sort of take the game to them almost so like with Lecco he's definitely got legs on him he can definitely get out defenders yeah. and cause a threat so if he can keep it up then he could I think he should get a place in the team especially with goals like that you know if he's going to keep on coming with those then he definitely should um, definitely yeah. yeah yeah I think well one of the goals we didn't talk about was the second goal for Norwich I mean I don't know Ooh. whether you saw that one did you 20, was it 25 yards or something Curl, something Curler like that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I mean that's that Sorensen. I know I remember him, um, Sorensen from the last season in the Championship, where he's playing left back. He's obviously been moved by Dean Smith into midfield, but I mean it was a cracking finish. So, mm. yeah, I mean, there's nothing, not much you could do about that. I mean, with the performance, even though we didn't watch it, we sort of we could sort of get the feel from it. Like, yeah. were you? What was the? I don't know. Were you happy with the fact that we got back into the game? Well, I think from a from a sort of character perspective, it shows that we've got a bit more about us this season. Because I think definitely last year, we, I mean, if, if two goals go in an extra time in either half, both all the heads go down, and under Bowie, I think we probably would have struggled. But I think Eustace has sort of fielded the team last night that had everyone on the on the pitch had something to prove. I mean, especially if you think like Etheridge, um, mm. especially if he's if he's going to stick around, um, Leco, Cosgrove, they've all got something to prove, and so by by showing the manager that in the second half they can respond to adversity and come back into a match against a team who's just been relegated from the Premier League. Um, it, it just shows some real, real character and real quality that I was not expecting to see in that second half. Yeah, neither. I was, I was glad to actually see that it would happen because there was times that last season where we'd go a goal down and it'd be like, well, we've lost this game then. But you know, to see that we've actually come back against the what we've had, what three games. Two have been in the playoffs from last season and one got relegated from the Premier League. You know, three decent teams have been playing in those first three games. We've not lost a single one of them. We've scored in two of them. You know, like we've, it's a decent yeah. start to the season, particularly against Norwich, even though that it, none of the teams have had a very good start losing Huddersfield and Norwich, but they've, you know, they're all, they've got something about them. It's not like we've played the three teams oh, yeah, yeah. from League One. So no, I, I mean, no, no game's easy, but I think we've had a great, great start considering where we thought we'd be. And I mean, even Eustace said in the press conference that we're favourites relegation. He said he knew that we were favourites relegation and mm. uh, he was up for it. He thought the players and their application was brilliant so far. And I can't disagree with him, to be honest. I, I mean, you think of players like Trusty and Plachetta coming into the squad very late on in pre-season, um, in what was already a short pre-season. And they've just mm. integrated brilliantly already um, and it just makes you excited for what's to come this season yeah. a lot more so than perhaps a week a week or two ago 
Yeah, it's weird though, isn't it? It's like before the first game kicked off, you know, we we thought that we were going to lose on the opening day and it all Five nil, yeah. unravel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we thought it would all unravel because, you know, pre-season's an inaccurate suggestion of what the season is like to come. But I appreciate what John Eustace has done even in these few games that I've seen him in. You know, it looks like he's got a plan. It looks like he's a realist from what he's saying and things that he's, you know, he's he's not hiding away from the fact that we are relegation candidates for this season. Evidently that we are big relegation candidates with all the stuff that's going off the pitch as well. So I think, you know, to give that sort of, I don't know, advice would probably not be the right word, but it's along those lines where he's like, he's giving it for the players and just sort of, you know, knowing that, I can't, can't quite what I'm trying to say, what I'm saying, but, you know, like they're giving them the opportunity to play football and giving them to, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Freedom. Yeah, because under Bowie, it felt it's like... No, like what Hogan said. Yeah. yeah. Under Bowie, it felt like he had to win those games. You know what I mean? It felt like yeah. he had to, for his career almost, it wasn't that it was an egotistical or selfish thing. But it felt like Bowie yeah. was trying to get the games won for the for the club almost. But yeah. with these games, it feels like if we just play well, then we, we've got more opportunity of playing well in the future and getting a point or winning the game. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I don't know whether that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, definitely. I think performance is something something that's definitely been an issue. Um, I mean, as long as you perform well, you're giving yourself half a chance of getting a point or a win out of a game, no matter who you're playing. Um, and it's just too often in recent years where as soon as the heads drop, the performance levels just disappear and we yeah. end up losing or drawing games that we should have comfortably won. Um, and I think this season that's changed so far, but not to be too reactionary because we've still got, you know, mm. 44 games left of the league season to go. But it's been very promising signs so far. How do you think we'll get on at Cardiff on Saturday then? Uh, uh, well, I was a lot more optimistic before the start of the season. Uh, I think because this is the first game I'll be going to. So when I was when I was looking at the teams, I was a lot I was a lot more optimistic. But after their um, game against Norwich, I was a bit more wary of the team because I, I I always thought you know when Fulham went back to the Prem and they brought in all the players. I know Cardiff haven't spent money, but if you think about it in that context, the amount of players that have to come in and gel under a, ma- a new manager, mm. sort of. Um, with all these new faces, it's always going to be a difficult start, but they they seem to have played quite well. Um, however, the Reading game last week would probably contradict that. Um, but and I, the I think game in the cup as well. I, yes, yes, I would. Yeah, I mean, I I probably predict us to get a point out of the game. Um, I would love a win, uh, obviously, but I, I think we probably a one-one like it was um, last season. I'd go for probably. Yeah, I can see a similar result by that. Actually, I think um... exciting time for Cardiff fans, though. Mm. Much, much more. I mean, when was the last time they had a team like this? Probably under probably under Solskjaer. The last time they had a team that wasn't hoofball. Probably. I suppose so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about well, Cardiff. To be quite honest, it's like twenty. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they've always just had. The only real thing I know is they just always have dinosaur managers, and they they always play long ball football. Mm. Um, and now and they've just completely switched the culture up. Um, yeah, and you saw that you saw that at Sheffield United when Wilder left and they brought in Jukanovic to play a completely different style of football. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, and that didn't work out. So I was expecting a similar sort of thing uh, at the start of the season, but they seem to have started all right, uh, bar the bar the cup and the Reading game. I mean, mm. the, the Norwich game more more so than the rest. <laughs> well, they, yeah, they they lost to who was it? Was it Portsmouth in the cup at yes. home? They lost three 0 Marlon Pack playing against them after leaving last season, yeah. Mm. 
which is surprising for a team like Cardiff to lose to a team like Portsmouth. It's not because they're a bad team or anything, but in terms of the division standards, you know, you'd expect Cardiff yeah. to win that game. But, but to lose it so easily as well, almost like Portsmouth yeah. got two good goals and then they saw the last one out. So it was like, it was surprising to see. It was a second string team for Cardiff though. It wasn't mm. a full strength team. Um, but I, I mean, I, I'm still expecting them every game in the championship is tough no matter who you're playing. So I'm still expecting them to come out and mm. uh, give it a real go. And that's the same for Blues as well. And I, that's what I just, I, I can see us drawing the game personally. Is it a good result <laughs> I wouldn't to get be too uh, it's another it's another one of these games where every game's winnable, but I would say this one would is winnable in my I think we could win the game, but I I think that uh, we'll probably draw it um, at this stage. To, it's too I think realistically, but between probably after the World Cup break, we'll probably have a better idea of um, the levels that we're at because position and performances and results at the start of the season don't really mean anything in terms of a team can drop off after. Christmas and be top of the league on in January and finish 12th at the end of the yeah. season. Same way a team can be, you know, 17th in the first few weeks and then finish third. So we don't really yeah. know what's going to happen. Um, it's too early to make any sort of like concrete uh, judgments between our, our team and others, to be fair for me. But um, mm. yeah, like I said, I think I'd be happy with the draw, but I, I would think this is a winnable game mm. uh, for us. Well, that Christmas World Cup break is. Our last game until we get that big break is on the 12th of November against against yeah. Sunderland at home. So that sort of, I don't know, what is that sort of the target we have maybe to get to Christmas where we're looking stable at least, you know, getting points on the yes. board and against teams who are, you know, not going to be, I, I don't know, like winnable games or at least points where we're going to get them against. Because if we get a point against Cardiff, that is good points. Because it's oh yeah, it's it, although we did draw with them twice last season, you know it's yeah. like it, this season it's completely different. So we got a point against Luton, we beat Huddersfield, we got a point against Cardiff. You know the first three games, it's five points. That's looking good. That is, yeah, exactly. And it's much better than what about most Blues fans would have expected, especially us. If you were yeah, massively, the first episode yeah. <laughs> going into the season. I mean, if we like I said the first one, I mean if if at that November break we're anywhere above sort of 17th I'll be mm. I would be way over the over exaggerating what we what we should have finished really because I think if you compare us from last season I mean we're not a drastically different squad um and it's all really the the work of um Eustace so far that's impressed me mm. yeah the team I suppose it isn't too different but we are missing some key yeah. players but uh yeah. certain the players that have come in like Austin Trusty have been fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned it on this podcast actually. Some of the long through balls that you put through, like you did a couple of those yeah, on it. Yeah, was it Friday night yeah, against Huddersfield? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I mean, mm. he's, he's just been fantastic so far. I mean, I met Captain America, um, like I found yeah. the other day. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. For me. He's definitely, yeah. I mean, Plachetta surprised me a lot, and I think if any Blues fans have have heard of him or seen him before, um. I've watched him a couple of times when he's played as a winger and he's never impressed me. That's why I was a bit, like, bit uh, sceptical of the signing, especially for a left wing back. But um, I think so far he's been brilliant. Mm. Couldn't really fault him at all. I think he'll probably have an error in him this season. But I mean, if he keeps playing like he is at the moment, I'm, I'm more than happy to keep him there. Yeah. And John Ruddy, of course, as well, who was um, oh, yes. left out the team for the Tuesday night game against Norwich. You know, yeah. what, what's the difference been like with him in goal? 
Well, I was very surprised to see him starting um, against Luton following his uh, performance. <laughs> against, it was a Vallecano, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was a bit surprised. But um, yeah, I think he's done very well. He's 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 more of a controlling presence than Etheridge, um, I feel, mm. uh, in the first few games, especially in the first few games. He seems, if you think from his perspective, he, even he's been at Wolves for five years or six years, is that or something like that? Um, and he's come into Blues, what, a week, a week and a bit before the season starts. And he's meet in a completely new environment with completely new teammates. I don't think he's played with anyone on our um, in our in our squad. I don't think. No, not that. I can't um, that no. th- th- that's what I mean. So he's come into a completely new environment, and he. I mean, he's acting like the captain in a way. I mean, he's mm. just he's controlling the defense. He's commanding in when he comes for crosses and gathers the ball and stuff like that. And he's just he's a calming presence for our defenders. And that's what I said at the start of the season that we've needed for a long long time probably since but well, I don't want to say Lee Camp but <laughs> probably probably since before Lee before um, I, I can't even remember to be honest the, the last time we had a, I mean even Kuzak was I, I wasn't even that convinced with him and goal I mean Stockdale should no. have been that but he wasn't really no, he was so not. I, yeah this is what I mean we, we, we our defenders if you think of the batch of defenders we've got at the moment you know the Dean Roberts that since they've actually come to the club have we had a controlling consistent number one who's actually like like a good good like lee camp okay <laughs> yeah yeah but uh, if you think about a top end i i I'd even say john ruddy's probably a top half top end championship keeper i don't if, if you yeah. forget exactly that's what, so i mean if you think of how he did even in the premier league whenever he's played he's always done a good job and i think we've missed that controlling and calming presence for our back four because or back five that we play now, because I just feel like it, it takes so much pressure off the defenders now and they have that presence behind them. Mm. Um, so I think he's, he's done brilliant so far anyway. I think they've all done brilliant so far, so the new signings. It's nice to have somebody who can, this isn't a dig at Etheridge by any chance, but somebody who's got that aerial threat, you know, that aerial presence, yes. sorry. Somebody who can come out and you know who's going to get the ball. Because he did that, he's done that countless times actually. I've seen him in the two games, I've seen him in um, Luton and Huddersfield. Yeah. But, um, and that comes with experience. It That's, does, yeah. I mean, I, we under, I get Etheridge isn't the youngest keeper in the world, but he hasn't. I mean, if you look at his career before he actually moved to Cardiff, I mean, he was Fulham Youth Academy or, or something like that. Went to Walsall, played. A, mm. I think it was only a few seasons, maybe just the one uh, at like League One level. Goes to Cardiff, starter for them, plays in the Championship, goes up to the Premier League, comes back down to the Championship. So he's, he's only actually had, you know, for how old he is, he's only played a limited amount of games. Mm. So if you consider his actual age and how much he should have played if he's the number one every season, um, whereas Ruddy's obviously older, but the the experience of being that number one consistently throughout his entire career, um, it's obviously brought that that confidence to control his box and to command, which I think is only going to benefit us this season. That's interesting. That. I didn't think of it that way because he was at Warsaw for a bit, wasn't he? And, that's what, um... Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't actually think, I, mean, I don't have anything here to check, but I don't actually think he's played as much as you think he would for how old he is yeah at that level as well <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Which Which is, I mean Ruddy was Ruddy was Norwich's number one for god knows yeah. how many years Long and season, he's yeah. just exactly and he was always part of a successful team as well I mean it wasn't when he leaves Norwich he goes to Wolves mm. Premier League Promotion, straight away yeah. you know exactly um, and he, even even when they got promoted I mean he still played a couple of games every now and then I mean cup games Played in the Prem whenever uh, Patricio was injured, um, and now they got—I uh, can't remember—they keep his name now. Then you uh, want Jose Sar. That's it. That's yeah, it, yeah, that's it. So 
So he has he has actually played some games. Um, and obviously as he's got older, will he be able to play the full forty six? Probably more likely because of his position. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think on a free transfer and what I've seen so far, you can't really complain about the signing. To be fair, no, absolutely. And don't br- don't fix what ain't broke. It's like with Matthias Arkic last season. Exactly. We could have easily yeah. moved him off the team and put put, put Effridge back in net, but kept him in net and he did a spectacular job really for the uh, yeah. ex- expectation. Really, I suppose you know a young kid in goal for a championship yeah. side that was struggling. It was very good performances, and it's a similar sort of thing with. So a few of these players we've got in now, like uh, I know Bakuna wasn't the signing we made this season, but he almost feels like a new signing by the way he's been playing. He, oh, was, yes. Um, <laughs> towards the end of last season, I don't know whether he just sort of dipped off a little bit, but he, he didn't feel as noticeable as he does right now. He's no, in no. quality yeah. form at the moment. He really is, particularly in that Huddersfield game. Um, I just he, hope that, um, I mean, if you think about last year, if you, I, love, I really like this midfield at the moment of Woods, Bakuna and James. I think it's, I think it's got a very nice blend and the way that we're playing now allows, because I'm a massive fan of Ryan Woods. Um, I used to watch him at Brentford um, and, you know, he got the name of the ginger, um, was it the ginger? ginger Peeler, uh, yeah, yeah Peeler, that's it, yeah, <laughs> from, from his time there. And um, some of the passes, if you look, I mean, and I'm sure some people will, will look this up. If you look up some of the Ryan Woods highlights from sort of 2014, 2013, I mean, some of the passes he can play are just unbelievable. And we we just haven't benefited his strengths in, in this squad so far. And now he's actually being allowed to play in that role in the middle of the three, you know, controlling, dictating the play, um, which is what he did at Millwall a bit more than certainly at Stoke. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the blend we've got in that three. And Jordan Jane has been fantastic, which um, uh, Joe, obviously Joe predicted on the first game, uh, first podcast uh, for James being uh, fantastic this year, which I have, have to agree with so far. Um so yeah, I'm pretty happy with the midfield, uh, the blend, especially obviously it's allowing Bakuna to get forward a bit more as well, which is obviously where I think he's he's quite good. Um, saw the cross against Huddersfield. Yeah, getting, he works getting well more in that. goal involvements. Yeah, definitely, he works well in that sort of free roaming attacking midfield role. Yeah, where he's allowed just to go out onto the wide areas and go back onto the midfield bits. He can come back and defend a bit. You know, I think he's one of those players. If you just give him a bit of freedom and give him a bit of time, he just performs wonders and he has done so yes. and with Woods and James as well it's interesting to see that they're working so well actually because uh, obviously Jordan James we know how uh, he's got the ability to be a good footballer and but it's surprising that he is starting to take that mature role almost if that makes sense because like with Jude when he came in he sort of he got it immediately and now we see with yeah. Jordan James, he's starting to grow into that role as well. So it's exactly yeah. It's nice to see because it's it's positive to see as well. Because if Jordan James is going to grow into that role, then there could be other youth players that are coming through, and we might have to rely on in the next future when we inevitably sell them for big money. <laughs> yes, that is the inevitable thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's the unfortunate thing as well in our position. Mm. Uh, I think I said the first podcast now about. Just we're, we're literally just we develop these players and we just have to get as much money as we can for them because we're not in any position to keep them. Yeah, I mean, I was oh, what was I thinking of the other day? Like, I think it was Nathan Redmond. I must have been watching a compilation of him in the season we were in oh. the Europa League. Yeah. I was just thinking we've we've had so many good players over the years where we just couldn't keep hold of them because of financial. I know, yeah. There's there's never anything different at the Blues. It's always the same. It's always yeah. We're always in money trouble, so we have to sell off our best players. It's 
absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Individual and then after season. we do that, we're still in money troubles. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. But yeah, we can't complain with what well, we can. We can easily complain to the wife. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I've just got like phrases going around my head where it just makes no sense. I just say, well, we can't complain. No, we can actually. What am I talking about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, the protests certainly aren't going to stop anyway. No, I'm quite. I'm kind of hoping they can pick back up again soon because things just have been going really quiet recently. I'm not happy about yeah. that. I want things to pick up again. Really. I'm sure the uh, inflatable sheep and um, Welsh flags and the English flag, sorry, in the uh, away end will spark some. Yeah, uh, Edward Chang is full of shit. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> it was a decent atmosphere uh, last season. It was um, yes towards the end of the season. Yeah. Um, yeah, final away game. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we went dressed as the Peaky Blinders, which was fun. Um, <laughs> me and me, yeah, all three of us. But obviously, because I'm called Tommy anyway, so it's kind of handy just yeah. to go as a Peaky Blinder. So don't think I was named after him, but I, I don't know. We'll get into a weird conversation there. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I don't really know what to expect from the game on Saturday because it's one of those games. I think I've touched on it slightly before the Luton game. It was one of those games where I feel like. It could have gone anywhere, really. We could have won 3 0. We could have lost 3 0. It, it could be a draw. I'd be happy with the draw, like you say. Um, yeah. I don't know what would be like a good performance, really, because like I, I don't, I can't, I don't know what to expect from Cardiff. I don't know whether you do, or whether it's like. Um, well, I mean, they, they've switched it up last season. They were playing a, a five at the back um, right. with sort of the big man, little man, like, but very similar to how we're playing, actually, a lot more. Uh, this season, sorry. So, I mean, last year under McCarthy, Mick McCarthy, mm. <laughs> um, they played they played that five back. You know, like Aidan Flint, Morrison, yeah. and those sort of people. You know, like um, I forgot who they had up front at the start of the season. Actually, uh, Ick Ick Piazu, or was that that was later? Actually, I think mm. I don't know who they had. They had a big man, little man, and they were it was a long ball. And then Morrison comes in, and he wanted to play attacking football. A bit like it reminded me a bit of like Woodgate at Borough when yeah. he came in. That didn't go a bit well, like though. changing from Pulis to, to Woodgate, you know, yeah. just having that long ball dinosaur football and then expecting two months later to be, you know, 4-3-3, passing it around like <laughs> the Borough Barcelona or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's a bit like what's going on at Cardiff um, from my perspective anyway. So I think second half, especially when we were there, uh, end of the season, they were playing a bit of a, a bit of a, I don't know, transition between the two styles because um, they had players like Tommy Doyle in midfield who was able to, you know, pick a pass and play a bit like Ryan Woods. Um, and then they would, they, but they still had, you know, Flint, Morrison, Hugo up front who they brought in in January. So it was a bit of a mix of systems. Uh, but this season they completely changed it, uh, as you'd expect with the amount of signings they brought in. Um, so they're playing sort of a four-two-three-one uh, with with Sawyer's in the ten. Um, right. And and with with pure wingers, so it's a complete different Cardiff to what you would have been used to. Um, so I, I'm not sure how we're going to set up against them because uh, especially in in the back three that we are playing with the attack. Well, I mean Collan, not really, but um, certainly Pluchetta with the attacking um, output that he has. There's going to be big gaps between Trusty or Sanderson and the and the um, the throwing lineup. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so, I mean, that there's going to be a lot of challenges for Blues in terms of defending those wide areas and making sure that the wingers, Odalda and um, I forgot who played, I think it's Shea Ojo actually they've signed, mm. um, doesn't actually get in those spaces because if they split the defenders 
Um, they've got the, the, I think they're playing with the one striker now, uh, but with like Sawyer's making late runs into the box, it could be quite difficult to, to defend. Um, so I think Blues have got to be switched on um, to the full 90. Yeah. Tomorrow? Tomorrow? No, Saturday. No, for Saturday. Yeah. I've lost track of days yeah. completely over this summer. I know. Isn't it? It's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I can't believe it's, it's on t- It's on TV as well, and it's on Sky. I know, yeah. it's August already. It's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if we take the games to them, we can do a similar thing like we did at Huddersfield. So it's like, oh, yeah. we, we've got the ability to just go at them with, especially with Bakuna now, that, now that we know that we can just sort of let him free. I think, I don't know, would we keep the same team again? Or is that a bit too predictable then? Because with Cardiff's way well, setting up, they probably would like us to come with the same team almost. Well, I know that Eustace said um, Gardner might be available for the weekend. Mm. Um, this was actually what I was trying to touch on earlier because I was meant to say, um, does a senior player like Gardner get that instant start under Eustace? Because, I mean, look, Bowie, I mean, if, if let's say JJ's playing for a few games, if Gardner came back from injury, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past him just to chuck him straight in and regardless because mm. he always liked those those senior figures. But it looks like Eustace giving the youth a bit more of a chance. So hopefully that means... Um, that JJ will still play, but I, I, I could see a stick in, to be fair. Mm. I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone was outstanding against Norwich that, yeah, that, well, other than like the players that have already started this season, I, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, the Cosgroves and that sort of thing. I yeah, don't think yeah. any of them have been that brilliant in that game that would cause a question. Perhaps Lecco, but I wouldn't say that he would necessarily work alongside Deeney. Um, no. Me. So no, would, would you replace Hogan for him then? If you were putting Lecco in the team in this, if I was putting Lecco in the team, yes. Well, yeah. I mean, now that Plachet is at left wing back, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Lecco at left wing back there, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. But I, yeah, I'd say the only, this is the thing because he, he's always been throughout his whole youth career was always a winger, always a winger, and then he went to Charlton on loan and suddenly was they played him up front under Boyer, um, mm-hmm. and we signed him and played him as a winger with. Uh, Duke up front in that under Karanka in that four-two-three-one, yeah. um, and then obviously Bowie used him as striker. And it's always just he's just never really looked up to it. Um, we obviously you know the ability that he's got and you know what he brings to the side, but he's never given that output that you need to be consistent in the championship. Mm. Um, but I think in the, in the system we play at the moment, I would say you'd put him in instead of Hogan. Yeah, but I wouldn't want to do that. Right. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So. Uh, we're coming up to the end of this podcast. Uh, we'll have a quick final prediction of uh, well, actually, we could have like a two-way prediction. Actually, we could have a um, uh, an, a realistic opinion of what the prediction, what the score is going to be, and then the what you want to happen, supposedly, which I imagine would be a Blues win. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I'd say realistically, one all, mm. same as last year. I could I could see it being a scrappy game. Cardiff trying to play out, you know, uh, I know this sounds a bit, maybe, I don't know, I'd say it maybe similar as the Luton game where we're going to just sit back and back our defensive line to perform and then maybe catch them on the break because yeah. obviously this new car, this new Cardiff team, it's going to be a shock, I think, especially to players who have who have played against Cardiff before, um, to suddenly be in this team and think, right, we're at Cardiff, we know what to expect. Um, and they've been, and then, the whole week they'll have been drilled on, you know, Cardiff don't play this long ball football anymore. They're, they're being expansive. They're playing out from the back. They're playing with the midfield. They're much more fluid. Uh, so it's going to be a difficult one, but I'd say realistically, it's got, I'd say one, one bit of a scrappy game with us defending 
um, Cardiff bringing the, the ball out from the back and I was playing on the counter-attack, which probably might work out uh, quite well if um, we can we can uh, execute it efficiently. Um, with players, you know, Shetter on the left, Hogan up front, you know, we've got those pace on the turn. Um, so I'd say realistically 1-1, but I would hope for a 2-0 Blues win. A 2-0, okay. Um, I think I'd, maybe realistically, I think that Cardiff would win the game, really, because it's a way... Mm. It's if it is the similar game to Huddersfield is what I'm thinking in my head. If we go at it and try and get an early goal and try and see the game out, I think it, it, if that was say we went two 0 up and then they pulled a goal back in the second half, I can yeah. easily see Cardiff getting two more goals. So that's oh thing. yeah, it's like that sort of because we were at home and we were at the fans behind us. I think that we were that's why we won. That's why we had that. Is it sold out? The way in. Um, I haven't really checked to be honest. I'd imagine it would be. Mm. I mean, I, I bought my tickets uh, a couple of days ago, and there was, uh, I think it was like eight hundred left or something. Mm. It's, it's only a two thousand something allocation, isn't that? I think so. So they sold close, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean because it was sold out last year, and it was obviously last away game, but mm. sold out last year. So you'd hope yeah. so. Yeah, it's on so TV I, as well. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to think whether we could have that fan boost maybe um i think yeah i think i think cardiff would win the game realistically but i think if if we were lucky i think it would be like 1-1 towards the end of the game and then maybe we could pinch it on the break i think bakuna with those long runs i think they could easily yes. set up dini or hogan i think dini actually because it would oh, this is this is probably a bit late to be talking about this now in the podcast but <laughs> I don't know whether Bakuna would work as almost like a false nine at times, which I know sounds ridiculous, but like if you don't really play him as an attacking midfield role and you just play Dini up top, would he work well with sort of running in behind the defence as like a, I don't know, maybe like an Adam sort of running in behind the defence sort of yeah. player? Because that's the idea right, I've got in you, my head. Would, I think he's got all the attributes to be that sort of player, but it's made, perhaps his finishing ability might let him down at times. Um, yeah. I, th- I think he's definitely his, his passing and his dribbling with for me would be his main two attributes. Uh, and obviously, do you lose a lot of that if you just stick him, you know, on the line? Um, yeah. Perhaps instead of in a centre midfield role, but I think it might allow JJ a bit more freedom. So mm. the, there's pros and cons, isn't there? But I don't know. I, I'm not sure whether we try it, especially with the amount of strikers we have in. Um, yeah, I didn't mean false nine. Play. I just said false nine, but some weird reason um I, I meant like a further forward attacking midfielder maybe with like oh yeah maybe in a 4-3-3 maybe i don't know but there again who'd we play on the wide options then that's the frustrating thing because when Dini's in front of goal he will score that's the thing oh, in, the, yeah. in the games yeah. he played in last season the, the goals he scored against oh, the, the card the cardiff game for yeah. example the home game yeah and exactly what you can do yeah 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 he not made Aidan Flint and then put it through the and this, this is what I mean this is the player we've got and we've heard all these interviews about how he was you know pissed off about last season and how he he knew that he was woke I think he's called it awful or like the worst season of his career or something like that Yeah. and he, I mean he's, he wasn't wrong he was way did, he did way worse than I think most Blues fans expected him to yeah. um, you know but hopefully this year we'll see a lot more output from him which you know, you'd expect from a player of his experience. I think he tries to do too much at times. I see him sometimes when I'm like, I don't know whether I mentioned it on the vlog, but 
he, he looked like he was in midfield at one point, and it's like he's, he yeah. looks like he's trying too hard to do too much. Yeah. I think exactly, particularly at his age now. And this isn't another dig at them. It's like it's just just his age, perhaps. But like when he operates around the back of the defense, and he's just making those little off peeling runs, he's much more effective, in my opinion, yeah. personally, in that role than trying to win the battles in the midfield make a little one-two with Bakuna and then try and break the line of the defence, I think he's so much more effective where if he just stays on the shoulder of the defence and tries to make those in-behind runs, because Bakuna will find him, I'm sure of it. And if he yeah, does I'd those, agree with that. If he does those runs against Cardiff, I think he can maybe bag a brace, perhaps. I think he's, you know, he's an old Premier League striker. He's definitely got the ability to, so we'll see, we'll see. But um, I think we've covered about everything there, haven't we? It was about... Yeah. It's about 40 minutes. We've I've seen the Zoom clock tick down now because we've still not got a license for Zoom. We're trying to find a new way of doing this, by the way, so uh, we can get these out a bit more efficiently. Um, but it's been very good talking to you, Dan, again. It's been a, a pleasure. Um, hey, you too, mate. Thank you. Yeah, we, we, did, we went for a 1-1, did we? I think we both went on a yeah. 1-1. Well, you went for a, a, a 3-2 Cardiff win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm trying to think optimistic, but it's, yes. it's just football. That's my brain. That is unfortunately. It is, it's blues. <laughs> it's blues as well. Yeah. Okay, no. Yeah. Uh, so be sure to uh, like this video and listen to it on Spotify and the sports social app as well. Uh, we'll be doing a vlog again for the game on Saturday. Uh, it was going to be Dan until uh, we decided to suddenly join in at the last minute. Um, yeah. But I'm sure we can we can rearrange that for another game of the season. Get Dan to do the vlog. I need a I need a rest sometimes <laughs> from blogging. <laughs> it is a lot you of half time. You can get a half time interview. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it'll definitely be on at half time when we um we've got to find out where you're sitting in the ground, do you know? Uh section one, allocation one. Um, okay, right. I'll have to check my tickets in a minute yeah. for downstairs. Um yeah, mine are at home. Oh yeah. But uh it's been very good talking to you, Dan. Thank you very much for coming on again. And uh yeah, like I said, be sure to check out all of our socials down in the description. Uh, listen to us on Spotify and Sports Social. Watch the vlog on Saturday. And uh, yeah, keep right on. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share box ready to go. Your mates are already booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.